Welcome to the CEO of Destiny podcast, where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace. And now your host, Andre J. Benjamin. Can you speak to us about the pearl? Talk to us about the pearl. We want to know. About I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bounce back for just a second on processes. If you don't care, it's okay. No, I won't. <laughs> um, you know, like yeah, you talk about the movie Click. I I think about. Um, there's a play called Our Town. It's an old classic like play. I'm sure it's been turned into a film. But there's a line in that um, where it sounds creepy. It's not, it's great, but they're, they're in the grave, but they're talking to each other, like in this like afterlife kind of context. And they're able to see people living life and just kind of going through the motions. And the one girl says to her mother, like, how, like, do they not understand the beauty that they're missing? Like, doesn't anybody recognize how precious and beautiful life is in every moment? And I think the mom's response says like, um, some artists and poets, maybe, but for the most part, like we don't. And that was a play that we actually did in high school. And that line always like resonated with me um, because I think that we don't always see like, you know, the beauty and the things that are happening. But I would say that I have found finding process and following process, although sometimes meticulous, um, leads to like a lot greater reward. And that doing the process for me, um, is a lot more, uh, rewarding because I'm in control of it. And I think when I put out markers that I'm not in control of going viral or, you know, things like that, um, that's easy to be very discouraged instead of just being like, okay, what's in my control and to go ahead and like, um, yeah. And seek that and seek that kind of process. If that makes sense. But the pearl, I can tell you about the pearl. The pearl is before you oh, yes. go to the pearl, I want to build off what you said. You said the statement that it's almost, and, and this is what many have found has been therapeutic or helpful for them during this challenging time that many are going through is to learn to control that which they can control. So it's, con it's controlling the controllables. Can you delve a little bit more into that about why that is important and how you found that has been helpful? Because you talked about almost this ideal of some rubric and some metric that you can't Oh, I, you know, I'm good. I'm going to have 7 million people by the end of the month following me on, you know, some nebulous platform. But what does that mean to you about how did you even find to scale back from the ideal to the actual thing that you can have impact with? Yeah, I think for me, um, I started kind of looking at like all of the things that I do and finding like, where am I finding the joy in that? And I found that. I didn't have as much joy from bringing home a great deal of money from a craft show um, as much as when I would be working through a new piece and trying to do something. And maybe I had invested, sometimes I've been working on things for years, but sometimes because people are like, you can't do that. And I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> and to, to know that like, sometimes like cutting you know, cutting a rock that um, had shattered several times on me that I just really struggled with that material and finally coming out with exactly what I had been going for and knowing all the hours and time behind that, I felt 
far more proud of myself for those things and for like sticking with that than, um, than even when I would actually sell the ring that that went into. And so um, being able to find that. And I think, I think like for young people, sometimes that's missed. And um, there's just a lot of value and pride that comes in working hard for something. And even if that's, um, you know, trying to plant a garden or, you know, setting out to run a mile every week or whatever that might be, when you actually start realizing that you're capable of working hard for something, whatever that is, I think that that's like a very empowering thing to be like, you do, you don't have to, you are, you are in control, right? Um, so yeah. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Uh, the, so the pearl, take us to the pearl and, and, and unpack how the, the origin story of the pearl and what the pearl means to you. Sure, sure. So um, I have had the blessing of having like a working space to some capacity um, for a little while now, but uh, even my college dorm room, I had like a bunch of tackle boxes that I'd shove under my bed. Um, when I would pick them up, my sweet roommate dealt with a lot of junk scattered around our room often. <laughs> um, and so I've kind of always had like some sort of thing with me that I want to make. And as I grew up and then as Caleb and I got married, we had a spare bedroom before having kids. And so whatever spare space there was in the house was like unspokenly mine. Like I'd move my workbenches in, do all the things. And um, we had a small garden shed at our last house that I worked out of. And then when we moved to the house we're currently in, there was not extra space. Um, we were up to four kids and we don't have more bedrooms than that. <laughs> and so, um, so I worked out of the garage and just kind of started putting money aside for someday something and not really knowing what that was going to be. In my head, I really wanted that to be a downtown building. I thought I'd like to move downtown, move all my stuff there. When all my kids are in school, I'll drop them off at school. I'll go to work at my studio. It'll be great. I have this whole idealistic thing. And I guess technically at that point in time, we had three kids. And um, then we had our fourth. <laughs> and so um, that set my timeline back. I had kind of sat down when my oldest went to kindergarten and went, how many more years do I have of staying at home and working and balancing all of this? Um, and what does my business plan look like? And so while it probably looks fairly unintentional to a lot of people, there was a lot of intention and process in growing my business from what does it look like when I have kids at home that are zero to four to what does it look like when I can get my kids in school and actually separate my time where I have working time and I have mom time. And so looking at that, I thought, wow, I'm still quite a few years out from having everyone in, uh, in kindergarten, which would be a full time here, everyone would be in school. So I looked around and I actually ended up passing on my downtown building option for a while and built, well, really just brought in like a portable uh, shed space um, on our, we have five acres. And so we brought it in. So it's still separate, separate from the house, but it's, um, it's enough space for me. When I brought it in, I, I cut out all of my machines to scale um, and played like paper dolls in the, to make sure everything would fit and work. Because if I was going to make the investment, I needed to know it would work. 
And the timeline on it was, this is going to let me know if I can work from home and keep doing this, or if I still think I want to move downtown by the time everybody's in school and, um, and making sure that financially things are back aligned. So it'll all be paid for by then. And um, we did most of the renovations ourselves to make it work. And so I have this space where people can come out. And so I host clients there. I do a couple open houses. I've done some classes, but it's like, like 14 by 36, I think. So. Can you go uh, back a little and talk about the different iterations before you got to the Pearl? What were the other spaces that you worked out of? Because I want people to hear that and not get discouraged if they have a starting point, because like we talk about the event, you know, and people saw that if they saw the, the, the you know, the hundreds of thousands of, or so that are reading the magazine you were in, or, you know, people who might go to your website and then they see it and they say, oh man, I don't even have anything close to that. I'm wasting my time. I'm not going to get to this. Why, who am I kidding? You know what I mean? But all the negative voices that come in saying these type of things, what would you, can you walk through the iterations of what you had to work with first and how? Oh you- yeah, absolutely. So I had my, my shoe boxes and tackle boxes under my bed in college. Um, it would have been similarly. Shout out to roommates of creatives in college, right? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Man, she, she made my, my world work. <laughs> uh, she's the best. So did that then, um, post-college I lived I had a new roommate um, who I don't think knew what she was in for in that realm. And I was like, hey, she was like, she was a school teacher. She said, can I put my desk in the dining room? And I said, yes, if I can put my desk in the dining room. And she said, yes, I'm so sorry, Jennifer. And my desk at that point um, was this large, I still have it. If you've seen the magazine, it's in there. Um, It's a large wooden um, cabinet that was like a baker's cabinet that my dad kind of rebuilt and reconfigured. And so it has a whole bunch of boxes, little tiny boxes at the top that were all organized with all these tiny little findings. So we had like a card table with two chairs for our dining room <laughs> table. And then we had this like massive desk and I would try and not torch there because that wasn't really <laughs> in the rules. And, um, and then her desk um, across from me. So we used that space. And then, um, when Caleb and I got married, we had, um, we actually ended up using like an open, like an open room for our bedroom so that I could have a room with a door. Um, so that when I hammered, (laughs) I could close that off. I mean, he has a drum set and it was above that room. So that was kind of just our loud space of the house. So shout out to those poor neighbors. Um, and so I used that. And then when we moved, we bought our first home, we had one child and it was a three bedroom house. The child was in one bedroom. I had all of my working stuff crammed in like a bedroom that was like an eight by 10. And um, I actually remember meeting, I have a really great mentor and friend named Roger and his son is about my age. And he came over and met me for the first time. And he said, you store a soldering iron on top of a sewing machine. And that's all I need to know about how you and dad are friends. And I was like, absolutely. If there's space, then we just keep stacking for a while. So I used that. Um, Then I ended up, I was pregnant with our second child. And so we 
had some friends help us uh, dig a trench for electricity to our garden shed out back. And I moved everything that was in that room to the garden shed. And then that was probably two years after that, we were then up to three kids. And um, I came across, my uncle came across an auction that had um, lapidary equipment, like rock cutting equipment. And he's a fabulous person. And he ended up uh, calling me and was like, hey, this is going on. Do you want any of this? Like, is this, I think I first got this picture of a machine. At that point, I was auditing classes at the college because they had a lot of machine equipment that I didn't, couldn't support the overhead on. And so it was cheaper for me to audit the classes. So shout out if you're trying to do something in three-dimensional arts. When I was like eight, there was a woman who told me, if you're ever in a city that has a college, See if you can audit the art classes. It's the best way to get your hands on the top of the line equipment for the least amount of money. Yes. So, um, so yeah, so I did that and audited this class. And so used all their equipment. He sends me a picture of this genie rock grinder and said, is this, is this a jewelry thing? And I said, yes. Are you at an auction or a garage sale? And he said an auction. And I just immediately started like, Googling pictures of other equipment and sending it back to him and being like, Hey, what about this? What about this? And if you get this, get this. And he texts back and be like, well, what should I get some rocks? Like there's some rocks, but I don't know what I'm looking at. And I was like, just get some colorful ones. And <laughs> just went back and forth. And he, I, when I went up to visit him, he was unloading a whole bunch of stuff from the auction. And I said, Oh, did you find some good stuff? And he like took a deep breath and he said, well, after you told me what the first machine was worth and what you wanted to spend on it, I just bought everything that had rock dust on it because I figured if you couldn't use it, I could probably resell it. And, and then I was sitting there, you know, thinking about my bank account numbers and how much had I green let him to spend that day. <laughs> and um, just in a totally providential moment, he had purchased that entire lapidary studio for the amount of money I had told him he could spend on the genie. Wow. And so that was just, I mean, that was huge. And um, it obviously opened a lot of doors for me to get to do different things, but he bought so much rock material that it also um, allowed me to feel a lot more free with cutting that I felt like I could try this because I didn't have, you know, a limited supply or um, so much invested in it that I shouldn't just try it. And so that has been fun. And that's allowed me to, I mean, I've given lots of different rocks away to different people um, because I probably have more than I'll cut in my lifetime <laughs> from that alone. And it's still continued to collect. So here we are. <laughs> Did you grow up around art? Um, yes and no. Um, I think one of the cool things about being in small towns and I'm probably uh, prejudice to this because that's what I grew up in. Um, I feel like I hear a lot of people be like, well, I need my kid to be in a bigger school because there's more opportunities. And I would, I would argue that 100%. And I love, um, one of my friends who's a teacher said, if he could go back to teaching, he's taught at all levels, he would go back to the smallest school because he said, when I was at a 6A school, if a one-armed kid wanted to play basketball, there's no way. Like, there's no way. Well, you can try out. Good luck. And he was like, at the 1A school, if the one-armed kid wants to play basketball, you're like, all right, let's go open the gym, figure it out. And I think, I think that that is true when there's um, 
smaller groups of people, you know, we still all have the same amount of resources as far as time. And I think that I just knew lots of people. And so I know that um, there were some really fabulous artists in my life that weren't necessarily, um, they weren't my parents. You know, my mom, my mom sews and she's like really great. My dad's a really good um, craftsman and woodsworker, but neither one of them devoted like a substantial amount of time to that or like sold that outside of our home. We just, you know, used the things that they made. And, um, but like, I think about like my junior high art teacher was phenomenal. Um, he has, he has since moved to New York and continues to be just an artist. Um, I had um, a Sunday school teacher that uh, she's a fascinating individual, but she was always very artistic, ended up having um, a brain tumor that when removed, um, she lost some abilities, but her art took a completely different turn um, and has just become just absolutely incredible. And as part of that, she feels like she needs to be thankful for every day that she has. And so I think for going on, she may be going on 20 years of this, she has painted the sunrise every single morning as an act of thankfulness for having another day. And that has become an interesting like um, ministry and also um, business for her is that people from all over the world contact her and want specific day sunrises um, because like, they're very meaningful. So like she gave me the day of our wedding and we have the day that we adopted our daughter. And so it's really cool. So Debbie paints the sunrise. If you want to look her up, she's really fun. Um, and then when I first moved out on my own after college, well, there was a friend of mine growing up, her mom had an art studio. Um, her name was Carolyn. And I can remember Carolyn just being so generous with her space and her paints. And um, she would never be like, oh, that's off limits. Unless it's piece she was actually working on. Like you wanted water, watercolor paper, she'd tear out watercolor paper. I mean, she just was awesome. And when I moved to Salina after I graduated, she lived there and I went to like an art show thing and saw her and met her two friends and they had an actual studio building and they just gave me a key to it. And they were like, if you can't use your torch in your, you know, space at your apartment, like just bring it down here, you can do it here. And like, um, and I love that. And I, I kind of do have this uh, mentality that I say, uh, I feel like artists are really generous and craftspeople are stingy. <laughs> and I think, I think like artists, like we're all like, none of us want to make the same thing and we, we get that. So it's not like, it's like, oh, I would like to know exactly where you source your materials for this thing so I can make a copy of it. Like, we're like, hey, you know, where'd you get those? Cause I have this other idea that I want to take on and we can help each other get places faster. Um, but we're kind of all running in our own lane. A little bit about technical skills. Can you talk uh, one of the huge ones that I see a lot of creatives struggle with is relating well to timeframes. Uh, how do you manage priorities and manage energy and manage time? Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do us a favor. If this was useful in any way for you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast. If you'd like more information and to receive a free download, rediscover your destiny, go to ceoofdestiny.com. Thanks again and tune in next time.